Last week, we kicked off our series, What About the Kids? Uh, When it comes to faith in Jesus, kids are vital. And in this series, we will see how the Bible values the faith of children. And often, the Bible will use the faith of children to teach the rest of us what faith is supposed to look like. Uh, Last week, we talked about how kids matter, um, how kids represent what God is looking for, um, how God values us humbling ourselves to take the lowly position of children, how God values childlike trust from us, and how God wants us to nurture childlike faith and humility. Um, Today, we're looking at kid potential, and in God's eyes, kids have a lot of potential, and we believe that here at TFRC. Uh, We have four staff members dedicated to children and youth, um, over 100 volunteers that work with kids and youth. Um, This summer alone, we're going to send 140 uh, kids and youth to a Christian camp. We have a preschool daycare after school program that has 20 staff and over 130 kids in it. VBS is coming in July. Uh, We're expecting somewhere around 250, 300 kids uh, to attend. Any given week, we'll have 80 to 90 middle school and high high school students come to youth group. Um, And as you may have noticed, uh, we've broken ground on our new building. Um, It's going to increase our children's ministry capacity by 50%, as well as provide additional space for adults and a full-service kitchen. And while COVID may have interrupted how we did church for a little while with the vaccine and dropping case numbers, we see people re-engaging here at TFRC. We see momentum in our ministry as the fear of the virus subsides. And we see God's hand in the timing of all of this, um, including the groundbreaking of our new building. Kids matter here at TFRC. We see their potential. And while it is easier to see potential in kids, uh, for those of us who are older, we tend to think that maybe our potential has diminished, if for no other reason, because we have less time than we did when we were kids. Um, The Bible has something to say about the potential of kids, and from that, we can learn about our potential too. Uh, Scripture this morning is um, from 1 Samuel chapter 3. Um, Go ahead and you can turn there in your Bibles or if you have your phones. Uh, 1 Samuel is the eighth book in the Bible. It's about a fifth of the way in if you have a hard copy. Um, The passage is the passage where God calls the boy Samuel. Samuel would become a major leader in the history of Israel. He would transition Israel from being 12 separate tribes into one nation. Um, Our scripture reader this morning is Aaliyah Cervantes. And so Aaliyah, go and make your way on up. I'm going to ask those of you who are able, please stand and face the center of the room. And uh, we stand because we believe that this is the word of God. And so, Aaliyah, whenever you are ready, please read from 1 Samuel 3, verses 1 to 11. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lie down. 
Again the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls, you say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lied down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. The Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Leah, great job. You may be seated. Uh, this is a story about hearing a voice in the middle of the night. Um, I'm assuming most of you have been home alone at night and uh, something spooky happens. You think you hear something or see something and it kind of freaks you out. Um, we've lived in our current house for about 17 years. Our neighbor across the street has been our neighbor that entire time. Um, we've gotten to be friends. We hang out from time to time. And uh, over the years, we have watched each other's uh, homes. We've dog sat for each other when the other one is out of town. And so we have keys to each other's homes. Well, my neighbor was out of town one time, and he was expecting a package to be delivered. And he texted me, and he just wanted me to uh, bring the package into his house for him. Well, I kind of, I, I said, sure, I can do that. And then that day went by and I forgot about it. And it wasn't later until that night, it was like 11 p.m., 11.30, that I remembered. Um, and so I grabbed the key to my neighbor's house, I headed across the street, uh, found the package on the porch, and I opened the door to my neighbor's house. And it was dark inside his house. And I need to kind of basically ex quickly explain the layout of my neighbor's house. So you walk in his front door, and off to the left, is his kitchen and dining room where his table is. And then just past that, there's a sliding glass door that goes into his Packer room. Now, many of you know that I'm a big Green Bay Packer fan. And every now and then, God winks at you. So we moved all the way to Idaho, bought a house. And who's our neighbor across the street? The biggest Packer fan I've ever met in my life. He has an entire room dedicated to the Packers. Uh, and so, so that, I call it the Packer room. And then past his Packer room is another sliding glass door that goes out to his patio, um, that he enclosed a couple years ago. And so I bring the pack, it's dark in his house, I bring the package in, I put it on the kitchen table, and I happen to look past the sliding glass door in his pack room, past that one, and in that sliding glass door area, um, out to his patio, someone's standing there. Yeah, that was what I did. I freaked out. I was terrified. I was super scared, okay? And I didn't know what to do. What do you do? And so I'm just standing there, you know, and it looks like they're looking right at me. Again, it's just a shadowy figure. They're not moving. And so finally I'm like, um, hello? Hello? Nothing. Nothing. Doesn't even move. And so I, I'm like, okay, I'll turn on the light and I'll bolt out the front door and I don't know what I'll do next. I don't, we'll see what happens. And so I turn out the light and there standing in the doorway um, is Brett Favre. Brett, Brett Favre. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with fathead stickers, but fathead stickers, they are life-size stickers, 
okay? And you can get your favorite athletes. And trust me, they are really lifelike, okay? Um, my neighbor got one, put it on his sliding glass door to his patio area, and he didn't tell me that. I didn't know that. And so I thought it was just a person standing there and I was going to die. Um, the night and the darkness can mess with you. Now, this is a story that takes place at night. Um, and just think of it from Samuel's point of view. It's kind of scary. Uh, he's sleeping in the house of God, and he is not far from the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark has a history of supernatural phenomenon associated with it. And he hears someone call him. And he goes to the only other person in the house of the Lord, Eli. And Eli says, I didn't call you. You know, go back to sleep. You're hearing things. And this happens over and over and over again. It's kind of spooky. You know, why would God call Samuel in the dark? Couldn't he just wait until the sun came up? Um, why would God call at night when it's kind of scary? Well, God is trying to get our attention all the time. And one of the reasons why maybe we hear from God at night and sometimes in our dreams is because it's the only time we slow down enough so God can get our attention. God calls the boy Samuel. He calls him while he's sleeping. And he does that because God sees potential in Samuel. Samuel represents kid potential for the kingdom. God does not wait until he's older to tap into Samuel's potential. He taps into his potential when he's young, which is true for all of us. When does God's calling begin? God's calling begins when we're young. Going back to the first four verses of 1 Samuel 3, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. And then the Lord called Samuel. It's not just that God calls kids. It's that God always, always calls kids. Samuel would become a major leader in the history of Israel. He would transition Israel from 12 separate tribes into one nation, and God calls him when he's young. Now, often we think of calling as something for pastors and missionaries or some other kind of church work. Well, calling isn't limited to church work. All work is a calling from God. If you're a teacher or a banker or you work in construction or retail or you're a chef or a waiter or a waitress or an accountant or you're in sales or you're a stay-at-home mom or dad or computer programmer or farmer, anything you do is a calling from God. Whatever it is God has called you to do, he designed you to do it before you were even born. Psalm 139 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Our days are written in God's book before they came to be, which means God saw what he wanted you to do and then created you to do it. 
And again, I don't know what kind of genetics you have. Maybe you're strong, maybe you're smart, maybe you're fast, maybe you have great endurance, maybe you're empathetic, maybe you're great at fixing things, maybe you're really good with numbers, maybe you're really good with language. Or maybe your genetics are you're a little bit physically weaker, or you're slower, or numbers confuse you, or you're like me, you can't fix anything. If anything, you're really good at breaking things, okay? We are all designed with genetic strengths and weaknesses. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, woven together in the depths, because God has a calling for us. And you are made to fulfill that calling. As it says in Ephesians 2, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And the biggest mistake we tend to make is we tend to think, well, we got to wait until we're ready. You know, when we're ready, we will listen for God's call. You know, I'm not ready yet. I have other things I need to do first. Look, whatever God has planned for you next, you are ready. And again, one-year planning, five-year planning, 10-year planning, that's good, but God doesn't always work that way. He is enacting his plan for you right now. And whatever is next for you, you are ready. Uh, I did a wedding a few weeks ago. Uh, the grandfather of the groom was from Colorado. Uh, originally, he was from New York State, and he was a retired dairy farmer. And I asked him, well, how long did you do that for? And he said, 70 years. You see, he started dairy farming as a child. And he didn't wait to live out his call until he was ready. He just simply did what God laid out for him to do next. And for him, what was next when he was a kid? It was helping out on the family dairy. Now, he ended up doing it his whole life. He didn't know he was going to be a dairy farmer his whole life, but he began to live out his call as a child. Here at TFRC, we have a lot of youth and kids who serve here. Nothing overly dramatic, but they are responding to God's call as it has come to them. And I just want you to listen to what God is having these youth and kids do right now. Go ahead and play that video. Hi, I'm Scout. I help with the tech and sound at PowerZone, and I'm on the youth tech team. I attend the youth Sunday services and Wednesday services. I'm Jordan and I teach the second and third grade girls in the morning for church and I also help with the camps here. Uh, I attend small groups Sunday morning and youth group. I'm Kaylee, I help with first grade and I attend youth group on Sunday and Wednesday. I'm Laurel and I volunteer in nursery and I go to youth Wednesday nights. Hi, my name is Danica. I help in the nursery. I was on the fifth grade leadership team and I go to youth group on Wednesday nights. I'm Joey. I help with tech for kid ministries. I go to small group on Sundays and youth on Wednesday nights. I'm Megan. I volunteer with the three-year-olds through kindergarten and I go to the Sunday night youth. Hi, I'm Aspen and I help out in nursery and first teaching first grade, and I am in the fifth grade leadership team. Hi, I'm Aaliyah. I help out with kindergarten and first grade. I attend youth group on Sundays and Wednesdays. I'm Logan, and um, I volunteer at the second and third grade girls upstairs. 
And then I also help with the camps here for basketball. And I also attend um, youth group and small groups in the morning. I'm Carly. I help the kindergartners and younger on Sundays. I've helped with the volleyball camps here before. I'm also on the youth worship team. And I go to small groups and youth group on Sundays. My name is Noah. I teach three-year-olds and help with the youth tech team. And I come to church small groups and youth group Sunday. Now, I don't know what the future holds for these kids and youth, but in one sense, it doesn't matter. You know why? Because they are responding to God's call right now. They're not waiting. These kids are not the church of the future. They are the church now. They are simply doing what God has for them right now, which is what the whole church is designed to do. And these kids remind us that it doesn't matter how old you are, God is calling you to something right now. And whatever it is, you're ready. You just have to respond. And when it comes to responding to God's call, you have two choices. You can say yes and do it, or you can say yuck and not do it. God's call will test our strength and our character and resolve. Going back to the passage, picking it up in verse 8 where it says, a third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. There are three components to God's call. There is preparation. There is opportunity. There is challenge. And we see this over and over again in the Bible. Moses, he was prepared by being raised in Pharaoh's household. He had the opportunity when God called him to tell Pharaoh to let God's people go. And his challenge was he led the Israelites in the desert for 40 years. King David, his preparation was when he was a shepherd, he killed a bear and a lion while shepherding. And the opportunity came when he was called to fight Goliath. And his challenge was he would become king of Israel. The Apostle Paul was prepared because he was already zealous for the Lord, um, but he practiced that by persecuting Christians. And his opportunity came when he was called to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And his challenge was he spent a lifetime preaching faith in Jesus to the Gentiles. I grew up in the Catholic Church, so I was familiar with the basics of the faith. And when I was 18 years old, I was attending a campus crusade. That organization is now known as Crew, uh, a conference, one of their conferences. And we were sent out street witnessing in downtown San Francisco, which is about as exciting as it sounds. Okay? I didn't want to go. I wasn't even sure exactly what I believed at the time. But I was partnered up with someone who was going to do all the talking, so I just went. Um, and yeah, it was miserable. Horrible experience. Okay? Street witnessing in downtown San Francisco, no one wants to talk to you, okay? The last person we approached was a homeless man, and he told us how he just got out of a mental institution because he thought it was Jesus. I caramba, what have we gotten into? Um, then I found myself, at some point, taking over the conversation. 
And I shared the four spiritual laws with this homeless man. And he prayed to accept Jesus. And I don't know if he meant it or was just trying to get rid of us. But I walked away thinking, God could use me. That was over 30 years ago. I've been doing some kind of ministry ever since. It's the way it works. There are lots of things God will call you to that you've been prepared to do that don't sound that great. God called Samuel in the dark. And as I said before, nighttime, things can be scary. And even though God's call is good, God will call us to things that are scary. God will call us to things that take us out of our comfort zones. And all of us, all of us are going to say no from time to time. And I get it. I really do. Sometimes we just don't do what God calls us to do. I get it. But if we say no to God's call often enough, it will become who we are. And Jesus said in Matthew 13, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their eyes or ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. God has prepared us. He gives us opportunities, and those opportunities are going to lead to a bunch of challenges. But God continues to call, and you get to decide how you're going to respond. And what is true for all of us is that at some point in our lives, we miss God's call. It's inevitable. God leads us to do something, and we don't do it. And the good news is that if you've missed God's call, you'll get another one. Going back to the passage one last time, verses 4 to 8. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back, lie down. And so he went and lay down. And again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, he called me. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. The Lord calls Samuel three times, and each time Samuel thinks it's Eli. And it even took Eli a little while to realize what was going on. And God called, and called again, and called again, and called again, which is how God works. It's good news. God's relentless that way. He keeps calling, and calling, and calling, and calling. And I've talked to people of all ages who have shared with me how they think they've missed God's call in their lives. And I gently tell them, well, let's say you miss God's call. Uh, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> you missed God's call. You can't go back and change what you did. You missed it. The good news is God is calling you again. Maybe it's to the same thing. Maybe it's to something else. But don't focus on the call you neglected. Focus on the call that's next. And some of you might be thinking, 
Well, you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. It's too late for me. No, it's not. The apostle Peter was as close to Jesus as anyone. And when the time came for Peter to stand by Jesus' side, Peter folded. Peter failed. He denied Jesus three times. And John chapter 21 records the next time Peter and Jesus have a conversation. It happens after Jesus' resurrection. John 21, where it says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. I don't know what you've done, but it's not worse than what Peter did. <laughs> Peter, who walked on water with Jesus. Peter, who distributed some of the food when Jesus fed the 5,000. Peter, who saw Jesus raise someone from the dead. And after all that, Peter denies even knowing Jesus. And the next time Jesus talks to Peter, he doesn't tell Peter how he blew it. He doesn't ask Peter if he's sorry. He simply tells Peter, if you love me, I've got something I need you to do. He calls Peter again. It's good news. God is relentless that way. It doesn't matter what you've done. He keeps calling and calling and calling and calling. What might God be calling you to next? God's call begins when we're kids. And it doesn't matter how old you are. God still treats us like kids. He sees the potential in us for the kingdom he knows how he's prepared us, and he's got another call for us. Stop looking back at what you may have missed. Stop with the, you don't know what I've done, excuses. Take the position of a child and simply say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. What might God be calling you to next. Please pray with me. And Lord, we thank you that you are a God who is always calling. Lord, you called us to come to faith, to believe in Jesus as our Savior and Lord. And Lord, you have designed us to do good things that you've prepared in advance for us to do. And Lord, I would ask that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear what it is you have for us next. And Lord, give us the courage and the strength and the resolve to follow your call. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and may the Lord make his face shine on you 
and be gracious to you, and may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.